This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. <laughs> From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again. Today we're headed on into the weekend. So Jeff Ash uh, joining us. Uh, this morning as uh, it's a great weekend for golf fans uh, lefty they're playing uh, the U.S. Open this weekend they're at the Los Angeles Country Club which they haven't played uh, a a, uh, U.S. Open there since like 1940 or something like that so it had been quite a while and it looked like the USGA wasn't quite ready uh, for uh, how the course is going to play because of a lack of familiarity I don't think they wanted two guys shooting a 62 in that opening round I agree with that. Yeah, all the talk was, I I made the comment yesterday, you know, Brooks Kepka said, he goes, I'm just trying to get to double figures. Um, <clears throat> but I, I think that was about his score, wasn't he? It was what he was trying to get to. That was his goal. Maybe I have that mixed up. But, I, I think he was but, talking about how many majors he wants majors. to win in his career. That's what I, yep. Yeah, I should probably get my story straight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> but it's not uncommon in the U.S. Open, you know, to have a very – well, however you want to say high scores, low scores, yeah. but I mean to not, to be around maybe ten under at the best. Or I mean, we've had it before where there's a lot of guys over par and things too. So I do not think they were going to ex- expecting that, and I certainly wasn't expecting Ricky Fowler to do it. I mean, I'm happy for the guy, but wow, that's impressive for him to shoot that score. So there was there was some crazy stuff. I didn't. I ended up be, playing in the the hawk scramble last night. So the guys that went out in the afternoon later, you know, it's. The two-hour time difference is a little bit different. A lot of times yeah. these guys already have a b- bunch of holes in, and they haven't even hardly teed off now. Yeah, that's but right. What, what I'm saying is, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, they're still playing there. You know, it's still light in California. So <laughs> I I saw there was a little bit of, well, DJ played awesome. Rory played yeah. good, but he did, did something on the 18th hole where he, like, whiffed or something. I didn't see the highlight of that. but Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I bet you they will uh, – dry that course out a little bit and make it a little bit tougher but i would i would like to sit and watch all 18 holes yeah that's right and, and yeah rory it was in the thick rough and he had a, a whiff on a, a ball because he, he could hardly see his ball in the rough and so he took a whack okay. at it and swung and missed and uh, had oh. to do it again and he did chunk it out of there uh, on the next one so i think he took a double on that hole and still was at five under DJ threatened to go and and set a yeah. new uh, record as well in the U.S. Open. You know, if you have one guy do it, that's one thing. But two guys uh, shoot 62, the the all-time low round at the U.S. Open, you know, they didn't want that. Um, but they had a little too much moisture. The course was soft. And these guys are so good. If, if, yeah, the, they are. if the course conditions are benign, they're just going to kill it. And that's what happened. Yeah. And it wasn't. I mean, DJ was almost eight under two, wasn't he? Didn't Six. he bogey down the stretch or something? He did. Yeah, that's right. He was on yeah. his way, I thought, to another 62, but wound up at right. six under. Yeah. Yeah, they um, – and I've seen a couple comments on social media, you know, about quirky and different things, you know, about, a, I don't know, making fun of the course. Like, you know, you got a 90 or eight – what is the one? 80 or 90 yards, the par three, and yep. then you can yep. jack the other one up to 290-something. So, yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know. I I haven't really heard the players make any like negative comments or anything. So no, no. I I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out as far as the course conditions and 
you know, do people level off here a little bit? I highly doubt it's going to be 25 under or something like that. You wouldn't think for a U.S. Open, but yeah. I don't know. They're well on their way after yesterday, and there was a bunch of them. I, I mean, the way it started, everybody was like, this is crazy, but then it was like two guys were doing that, and the rest of them were at like two under. You know, I mean, yeah. it wasn't wasn't like, but then the afternoon guys, they kind of lit it up a little bit too. So They did. And, and they it's, were... all, it's always a stacked leaderboard. That's what's kind of fun too. I yeah. mean, every name up there. And, and then there's always a couple sprinkled in. I mean, that amateur was leading for a while. That's a neat story too. And I don't know. It's just, there's so many cool things about it. I just, I just love all the tournaments. And they each have their own personality. I think that's what's the neatest thing about the PGA. Yeah. Yeah, this one is really uh, interesting uh, to watch because, you know, we hadn't seen Los Angeles Country Club before. It's the uh, first time in the rotation forever. I guess they're going to go back there again for the U.S. Open in 11 years. They're, they're on a regular uh, rotation now. But it was it's the first course in U.S. Open history that has um, three par fives and five par threes. Uh, that's never happened in a U.S. Open before either. And then obviously relinquishing a pair of 62s, which had never happened uh, in a U.S. Open. But, uh, yeah. uh, you know, fun to watch. And, and uh, you know, Ricky Fowler, he was 185th in the world last year. Uh, and there was comments, I forget who said it, um, but somebody, and it wasn't like Brandel Chamblee or just a talking head because these guys, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't think they listen to those guys that much. It was a, 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 a player of uh, some renowned, a previous player. Uh, oh, I know who it was. It was Nick Faldo. So the guy does have okay. six major championships under his belt. But they were talking yep. about Ricky Fowler's struggles, and Faldo made the comment, well, maybe he needs to make another TV commercial. Maybe that'll help him. And I think uh, they mentioned that to Fowler, and, you know, he took it pretty well. But maybe he took that to heart because we don't see that many brand-new Ricky Fowler commercials on anymore. That maybe That's got true. to be a distraction for him. He stopped working as hard on his game, fell all the way to 185th in the world, didn't want that anymore, sees a whole bunch more money about to come into golf. It would be really beneficial to get his game back, and, boy, he really has. He's all the way up to 45th in the world now. He's been playing well this year. He has been playing well this year. He's, you know, like, I talk about a lot. I usually do picks every week, and yep. we did picks for the U.S. Open too. So, I am familiar with you know what he's doing every week because we take so many of our guys, you yep. know, and count yep. them. So you're, he's now in the, he's now in the rotation of getting picked. So it's kind of nice. I mean, he's to me, he's good for the game. He's an easy guy to cheer for. Yep. Uh, the guy, it seems like the guys, you know, the JTs, the Speeds, they all they're close, close friends, so, I mean, he must be a pretty good dude, and I've never heard a bad thing, really, about Ricky besides yeah. his struggles, but it wasn't anything personal, so, yeah, yeah. yeah it's fun to see. I'm, I'm super excited to see how it shakes out. Nothing better than a Father's Day watching a major championship, so right. I'm excited about that for sure. Right. You know, and, and Xander Shoffley, I've mentioned him to Bulls before, uh, Sean, and, and he always says, yeah, but that guy always figures out a way to lose it at the end. Outside of the Olympics when he won the gold medal, which isn't the field that they face on the PGA Tour, especially in majors, that's been kind of true about Shoffley. I mean, he's been a guy who's been in contention a lot for the last five years and has never quite been able to get it done. So, uh, you know, here he is. He's got himself in position again. We'll see if he can finish it off. And he's on my team, so let's not be talking negative <laughs> like that. This is his week. Gotti was my first pick, you know, big stretch there with him. I think it's um, – I totally agree on Xander. I'm, yep. I don't know. I'm kind of hit and miss on him. I, he just doesn't really do it for me. But I had heard those guys, probably the talking heads, but 
Yep. I had heard them make the comment about how dang good he had looked leading up to the U.S. Open, like playing there, like his on the range and everything. They just said he looked so good. So yeah. that tipped me over to taking him. But I think it's funny. I did the only thing I had access to yesterday or at time, whatever, was to watch the marquee group, which happened to be, you know, Scheffler. Uh, geez, who was it? Scheffler, Xander, and uh, Morikawa. I can't remember what it was, but, I mean, it was the top guys. Yep. So, But I think it's funny how these guys continue to say, you know, how Scotty is struggling with his putter. And I'm like, he is killing everybody every week, but we have to keep talking about how much he's struggling with his putter. I'm like, what? what is struggling, really? You know, I mean, in their eyes, I'm like, Okay, you know, this guy is, like, decidedly better than everybody on tour right now, but yeah. they still find a way to talk about his struggles. <laughs> like, you want to talk about struggles, I got some of those for you, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> in, in fairness to them, I mean, he was dead last in the field in putting at the Memorial two weeks ago yeah. while leading everybody in that tournament from, from tee to green. So he played the best game and had the best ball-striking yeah. week of anyone and I think he finished like fifth or whatever still because he just, I know that. Yeah, yeah. Despite he's dead last in putting. Point is, yeah. I not really being critical of the, of them, but I'm just like, how good is this guy? I know. You know, it's like he's struggling and he's still, you know, then all of a sudden he's struggling so much. He rattles off three birdies in the U S open and dang, now he's in second or third place. You know, at the yeah. time it's like the guy is just good and talk about a fun guy to watch play golf. I mean, yeah. like I yeah. said, he looks, he looks like he'd be out here at our early bird and shortstop on Saturday and Sunday. He's that kind of guy. That's what he just looks like. And yeah. He's good. Yeah, and his swing kind of does, too, because he's always got some kind of strange finish at the end of his swing if he's yep. drawing it or if he's slicing it, you know, and his feet are dancing all over during the course of his swing. He's really entertaining. Yeah, he's everything that you would probably not coach you know, right. or teach. I mean, if you walk, it would be like, "Hey, we got to get you to, we got to get you to stay a little quiet here." You know, your feet are moving. Your, I mean, I'm sure that's what a coach would tell me. But yeah. he gives me hope. Guys like that give me hope. You know, the guys that are moving around a little bit. So, yeah, yeah my yeah. my feet tend to move quite a bit uh, when I'm hitting my my shots as well. But he just has to have the best pair of hands in the game to be able to yeah. do so many things against kind of what you perceive as you know, good fundamentals uh, that are sound strategy for, for hitting the ball. You don't generally have your feet dancing all over the place, but his his hands just have to have to be terrific. I, I did have a yeah. chance to watch uh, Sam Bennett a little bit, who now has turned pro. He was an amateur at the Masters when he contended there, but he's since turned uh, professionally, finished up his college season. But I, he would be a guy who would frustrate me to watch. I would not be able to be in the gallery uh, to watch Sam Bennett. He regrips and waggles over every shot so many times. Yeah. You know, everybody talks about Patrick Cantlay at the Masters. He got a lot of heat for being yep. a slow player. Sam Bennett is really slow. He makes Cantlay look like he's in speed-up mode. Uh, so I, I think he needs to try and do something about that. And I'm sure he probably will, especially if there gets to be criticism, you know, especially being a new guy. Yeah. I would hopefully he would adjust to that. Another good note, too, you know, Frank, Frankie Cappen from the city's Bart Brady's uh, roommate buddy from Florida Gulf Coast. He's playing in the Open. I think he was like eight over yesterday, but uh. that's a pretty cool story there, too, that he's he's on the Corn Ferry, but he qualified for the U.S. Open. So it's kind of it makes it tangible, you know, when you see what Brady's trying to do and the fact that, you know, he was on the same team with him um, and, you know, played in a lot of the same stuff. And to see what Frankie's done, you know, gives some nice hope to 
like Brady's career and future and stuff too. So it's kind of cool to connect all those dots and those stories. And there's so many of them. I think that's what's kind of neat too about what what uh, unravels during the tournament is when they bring up all these different stories and yeah. you know like the history that's probably there. They'll talk about who played at that course back when you said 1940s or whatever, yeah. and yeah. just some of that some of that stuff and who's got the connection. But yeah. That that's what but, makes the PGA Tour telecast so good is they have all I these agree. researchers and there's so many stats and you can relate to the golf course uh, from previously and and then you compare it to the live tour where they do it on a skeleton bones crew and you don't hear anything about the courses or anything like that. That's what makes such a right. big difference, uh, you know. But there's a couple of live guys that are going to keep that at the forefront of conversation again. DJ Chief among them at uh, six under par. DeChambeau's at three under. He's tied for seventh right now. So once again, right. they're going to have uh, a couple of those guys uh, right in the hunt, uh, I would think, on Sunday again. You mentioned a lot of guys that are on my team, Todd. A lot yep. of guys that are on my team are up there. Let's keep her going. <laughs> hey, did you <laughs> you played this last weekend at uh, at Eagle Creek? Did you play at Little Crow this last weekend? I did. I played yep. at Little Crow on Saturday. Um, I love playing at Little Crow. I love the greens. Uh, Kevin Gruber does an awesome job up there. Sometimes we complain about them being too fast just because of what we're used to every day, mm. but I really enjoy that. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, my very first hole, I hit a really good chip to about two and a half feet. Thought it had a little break, caught the lip, and I had about six feet for, for bogey all of a sudden. You know, <laughs> it's like, that's what you get up there. But I, I, uh, I like the fact that if you get it online, you can just count on it. You can do the same thing at Eagle, too, as far as just counting on where the ball's going. But when they're that quick, you just got to get your putter head square and get it on the right line, and it's going to go in. So I did enjoy that. I, I actually was happy with how I played. Um, everything was on Golf Genius and stuff, so it's yeah. kind of nice to see. Yeah. And you yeah. could just tell there was a little bit of a breeze. As quick as the greens were, you could tell getting par was a good score. So it kind of gets you in that, you know, that mode, too, of what the PGA is like just and what I mean by that, it's easy to look. You're like, okay, I'm not as good on paper as all these guys, but I understand that I need to grind for par here, that even the good guys getting par is a really good score there, you know, instead of thinking, well, if I don't go so many under or whatever, you know, that's you don't even have a chance. It's, it's kind of fun to know what the conditions are and the fact that it's very relative to everybody in the field. Of course, you got Brady out there who's breaking the mold, but getting par was a really good score. So, um I was happy with that. I do have a story to tell you, Todd, and this is the first in my however many years of golf that I've played. So eight on the willow, so our first nine holes, I'm on the par five, you know, down along the north side of the course there. Hit a perfect drive with a cut down the right side, hit it good. I'm I'm feeling good. I'm only four over right now, so that had me in a good spot. Four over with two to play, got a par five, maybe get a chance at a birdie here. So uh, I was playing with Grant King and Carter was our group. Yep, uh, and Grant was down the left side a little bit, and I, you know, he got his ball. So then I veered over to the right side, kind of in proportion where my drive should be, uh, right in the fairway. Took my three wood out, ripped it right down the right side. I figured I was maybe gonna have a little tree trouble, but I hit it good. So usually you can find a spot up there. Yep. Then all of a sudden, a guy guy from the uh, number one pines starts driving right towards me. Oh, you know the big dog leg to the left. Yeah. And he looks right in my face, and I said, did I just hit your ball? Oh, no. And he goes, I think you did. And I look up like 20 yards, and there's another ball in our fairway. So he was in the wrong fairway. I never even thought about it. Yeah. That's missing by a long ways. (laughs) That's that's a big miss, ma'am. 
I did. I did not. I have never done that in my life. It, well, at least not in my like competitive life that I can remember. Yeah. You know. So, so and I talked to a couple people, and they're like, "It's just like the worst feeling." Because I didn't. I, I thought it was a two-stroke penalty, but you're. But it, because it's never happened to me, and some of these rules have changed, I'm like, yeah. There's part of me in my head. I'm like, do I really have to get penalized here? You know, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I hit it in my fairway. Come on. Yeah. So it was like looming over me the whole hole. Plus, I didn't know if everybody in my group even saw it as far as like feeling bad for me or, you know, understanding <laughs> what happened. So I'm, I'm kind of like in this weird spot. I'm like, but I, I hit my next shot probably better than my other three would. So I'm right out in front of the green, you know, like we've talked about moving on, just move on to yep. the next, you know. I should have gotten up and down for a birdie, you know, yeah. and then all it would have been was a bogey, right? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Let's not do that. Let's take a freaking six <laughs> and then add, add two strokes to it. So, and then I'm still pouting, and I bogey uh, from the fairway, I bogey nine, too. You know? Oh, so then no. I, I go from four over I to, know. like, seven over, you oh, know, and boy. I'm like, yeah. do you remember, like, 20 minutes ago when I was feeling so good about everything, and then that happened? Yeah. So, first time, first time in my life, and it's it's just a really weird feeling. It's kind of... You know, it's it's not like bouncing off a tree and you got a bad bounce or something. And you're like, well, that happens. You know, I'm just like, I'm getting penalized for hitting a ball out of my fairway. Yeah. You know, that wasn't my ball, which I get it. You know, but yeah. it's like, God, and I have my ball marked the same all the time. You know, but I, it's exactly like where I had in my head that it should be. And the other one was, you know, in the right from the fairway too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I did not move on from that, and part of it was just being unfamiliar. I'm, just, I'd never done it, so I just kind of like that really happened you know and then but i have to say um on that hole i saw about three things i'd never seen one was what i just explained to you yeah carter is right of the green and two he ends up hitting a shot so from the right the pin was kind of on the right he hits it over probably has 20 feet for birdie now he ends up five jack five putting it oh no which you don't see very often and in the middle of i think after his fourth putt he threw his hat in the air and whacked it with his putter (laughs) <laughs> and it went into the sand trap. So I told him, I said, see, I'm not making fun of you, but I said, three things happened in that hole. I hit the wrong ball for the first time in my life. A player of your caliber, I don't see five putt very often. And I don't know that I've ever seen a guy take a rake and get his hat out of the sand trap. <laughs> so That's like, the best one. A lot went down on that hole. I guess it did. <laughs> That's terrific. Hey, uh, our uh, pro-am yeah. is coming up on July 6th. We'll get a chance to to play together then with Snow and uh, Sean, and we'll you look bet. forward to that. That's up at Little Crow uh, this year, too, so we're looking forward to that coming up on Thursday, July 6th. Uh, Lefty, have a great weekend. All right, you too, John. Drive safe out west. Yeah, you bet. Jeff Ash joining us here on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.